ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today we have a very special guest. It's episode 50, and we're circling back to Dennis Field, who was our original guest in episode one. Hi, Dennis. Hey, Jane. Uh, thrilled to have you here. I totally forgot to mention that you are an amazing design educator and entrepreneur, and we're totally thrilled to have you here today. I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked. It's crazy. It's been, uh, I can't believe I was number one, and now it's like already at episode 50. So great job. Yes, it was, I think it was uh, fall 2014. So it's like two and a half years ago. <laughs> Isn't <Wow>. that great? <laughs> yeah, a lot has changed since then. All for good, though. Wow, that's amazing. Right. And today we have a different topic. We have a topic of uh, brand evangelism and everything about how big brands can relate to smaller creators and they can collaborate and stuff like that since you've been working for Envision for quite a while, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great topic. I'm excited. Fantastic. But we'll start with a few personal questions so that we'll learn more about you. And I'm going to start by asking, what do you do for a living, Dennis? Yes, yes. So it's uh, it's fairly complex, but um, pretty straightforward at the same time. So um, core kind of um, the majority of my time is really working with the folks at Envision. So um, been there for for a little while now. Um, it's awesome. I really get to share kind of the knowledge that I have um, for design into our enterprise team, um, helping helping really introduce Envision into kind of the broader um, enterprise organizations like you know, Microsoft, Cap One, you know, really large enterprise companies are trying to embrace Envision. So I really get to, to teach a lot there, um, you know, help kind of assist uh, with um, what we're trying to accomplish there from Envision schools. Um, when I'm not doing that, I'm still doing my mentorship that I do with other designers um, through my personal brand and stuff like that. So, but my, the majority of my time is now uh, uh, working with those folks at Envision. Oh, great. I know you have a load of side projects, particularly the one you recently acquired, uh, the books project. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, along. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> um, so I, I, I optimize, optimize my time quite, quite crazily. But um, yeah, so when I'm not doing that, yeah, definitely. I, I've now taken over the pipe, um, which is really just a curated list of uh, self-published ebooks, technology books, um, design, business um, that that kind of fell on my plate here uh, end of end of last year beginning of this year so we're making some great progress already on that so really again it all kind of ties back to how can I help other designers other entrepreneurs um, you know really get to um, get get the nuggets of information that they need to push push themselves forward so love it it's fun it's great and meeting some new new people so it's pretty awesome <laughs> fantastic um, how did you get there give us a little bit of a background of your story yeah, so the the stories, you know, it's it really is pretty pretty exciting. So to land where I am right now um, in my journey, it all started with um, you know running the consulting ag agency for a while, moving that into the teaching me me methods of blogging, self uh, kind of publishing content, which landed me really to to Envision. So I've been using Envision throughout the course of my entire career since it's been you know around essentially since two thousand and eight or two thousand eleven. I'm sorry. Um, you know, writing content, teaching and educating, um, you know, obviously we're in this crazy great web where, you know, 
self uh, creators or educators like ourselves, um, you know, connect well with um, what um, large companies um, are doing. You know, they need great content. So um, that's how Clark found me. Honestly, through through Twitter, he signed up on my list, followed me for a while, and then asked if I wanted to join the team. Did some consulting for them for a little bit, and then fully jumped on board. So um, yeah, so it's really just put out great content. Um, teach what you know, um, and those dots kind of connect up from there. So, and before that, uh, so we met like three years ago, something like that, and you you had a huge following of uh, designers. You had a big educational site. Well, you still do, but it was big even then. Um, What was years before that? Like, how did you start? You had an agency. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Yep, I, I had the, uh, you know, I had a, a Greenline Creative, which was a small consulting studio here in Columbus, Ohio. I uh, worked alongside my wife on that, um, built it to a good size, a good kind of manageable size for us. Um, you know, we had an office downtown, kind of the whole charade. Um, you know, the typical consulting model in that sense, right? We had clients, brought them in, consulted with them, moved on to the next project, but You know, obviously, you know, there's such a wide range of, of ways you can connect with clients now. So we've since moved it into more of a, you know, agile model where we were really selective with things. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of where the journey started. I didn't even really start teaching and sharing content until, until much later on in that journey. I wish, I wish I was a little bit more in tune with the content game when I had Greenline because I think we would have been able to broaden ourselves out a little bit more. But um, yeah, but yeah, definitely started off as a consultant transitioned into let's teach everything i know um <laughs> and that's what i'm still doing so great what does your typical day look like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love sharing this i think i think this is always a good kind of way to kind of connect with somebody but um i start off as i said with all the things i have going on right now amongst those projects i now have a daughter so you know that's That's all fun stuff. So uh, I start bright and early at 5 a.m. usually, you know, somewhere between 5 a.m. and 5.30. I run out, roll out of bed and um, generally hit the, hit the ground running um, as soon as I can. Um, we don't start officially on the books at Envision until about 10. So it does give me some time to, to take care of some of the, my personal projects early on. Start working on Envision about 9.30. And then from there, it's, it's an ebb and flow of meetings, calls, Uh, working on various initiatives there. Every day there can be a little bit different. Um, you know, I'm either onboarding new hires, um, you know, again, jumping on calls with sales reps, helping close deals, uh, working with um, various other stakeholders in the company on initiatives. So that can change every day. But usually I wrap out, out there around six, jump on, do family time, and then jump back on the machine around eight, eight thirty or so. And Rinse and repeat the next day. So, <laughs> very very productive. I try to be. Have to be. Right? Have any? You have any productivity hacks? Uh, any way special you structure your day? Actually, I do. I mean, I think it's not really a hack as much as it's like I have to be pretty pretty structured with it. I just feel like you know every. I actually have a um, pretty cool. Um, kind of paper roll that's mounted on my wall next to me where I, I literally split up work, personal, everything that I want to accomplish that week. And I just, I hit the ground running. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's really about maintaining a schedule and consistency and routine. I mean, if, if I can nail that down, everything else kind of follows on top of that. So I'm pretty much, I live a, 
I mean, it's it's not like my whole life is a routine, but it's definitely a big part <laughs> how to get things accomplished. So, what do you enjoy the most and the least about your work? What I love about a, both sides of what I'm doing right now, and I think it's why it's such a great marriage for me, is you know. I love to talk to designers and creators and just teach them everything I know, whatever that is, right? Like if it's at Envision where I'm helping them improve workflows and embrace the products and find out how to get it, you know, moved further within their organization um, or working with salespeople and the sales team on understanding what design is and the importance of design or whatever it may be or building content for them. You know, that, that, I just love that. Like, it's just so organic for me to just spew out knowledge. It's, it's, I love it. Um, what's frustrating is this, I think, with anything is whenever you're teaching, right, and you're sharing stuff, it's, it's, um, hopefully you, um, you can get to that point where they're actually, um, you know, consuming it and they want to take action on it, right? It's frustrating when, when they don't take action. <laughs> so, um, but it doesn't quite resonate or they're not ready for it, right? So, that's where it can be frustrating. What is your next big thing that you're working on or maybe planning? Yeah. Yeah, the, the biggest thing right now is um, launching, you know, getting the pipe um, moving again. Um, a lot of potential there in this space. Definitely, like, love connecting with everybody. So, that's my big thing right now. Um, hopefully, this year... Um, I am on track to launching my book, which has been, I think I was talking about that book probably when we were last uh, chatting two years ago or so. But um, Right, it was it was there. You had an amazing landing page for it, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is still it's still being worked on, right? So um, you know, it's it, it there's it's hard to write a book as you know, but um, I definitely am on track to to writing that. At the time of this recording I have one chapter to write and um, then we can get it off to editing. So They oh, wow, launch. that's amazing. Yeah. It will launch. It will launch. So, um, And then off of that, I have oh. a couple other projects that I'm hoping to maybe get into an MVP state here this year. So we'll see. Fantastic. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on the book? Because oh. not everyone knows the yeah. title and what it's about. Yeah, so the book is called The Designer's Handbook. Um, it's, not, it's really... You know, the way I look at it is there's so much stuff we learn as designers that are, you know, whether you're going through primarily your kind of formalized education or just the tactical aspects of design, you know, kerning, typography, all that kind of stuff they teach you in school. Uh, this book is really kind of built around teaching you everything you didn't learn in school, right? Like the journey that I've taken has, you know, shown me so many different, you know, I guess you could call them hacks or just things that I wish I knew from day one, you know, whether it's working in a large global agency like I've done, running my own studio for a while, um, doing things on a more intimate scale like teaching, um, you know, what does it mean to be a high-end consultant versus building teams. Um, so it's really about everything that I kind of bundle up as seeing like these are the things that you should know to kind of start checking off the boxes to get where you want to go. And it's not about you know, learning a new technology and some of the stuff that you can get from, you know, blogs and stuff like that. So it's kind of an intimate look at the the bigger picture and how to navigate the industry from that point of view. One more question uh, just for our designer audience. Uh, when you were a real craftsman and were doing just design, what was your specialty? What did you enjoy most? You know, web design, branding, what do UI, UX, anything like that? Yeah. What do you still do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think we've all, 
I went from kind of print to branding. That's just the way the industry took me into web. Um, I'd say the bulk of what we did at, at Greenline, um, you know, early on then when I was doing it as a, as a, as a much more consistent thing, really was brand and then just kind of general. I mean, we launched, we launched brands into market. That was what we did. That accompanied logo brand creation, but also, you know, web design and stuff like that. So, um, app development, UI, that all started to come in later on when I started working with startups and, and stuff like that. But, um, the, the core, um, has always been brand and, and web and UI. Great. Fantastic. So let's uh, jump into our main topic, and that is, you know, big brands, creative people, how can they make the best out of each other <laughs> working yeah. together? Yeah. <laughs> and I would love you to give some more background how, well, you shared the story, how they got, how they approached you at Envision, but oh, what kind of work you as a creative, as a teacher can do for them? That yeah. they can't get by just hiring, uh, you know, uh, marketers or whoever. Yeah. They need creators for that. Yep, yep, definitely. So, and I'll, this this topic could probably go <laughs> into a bunch of different angles, but I'll try to keep it kind of zeroed in. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I kind of, you know, I think, I think what 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 companies are valuing out of folks like you, myself, because I know you've done some work with them as well. Um, you know, is really that authentic kind of approach to to producing content, right? And I feel like there's the there's the content we create, but I think there's also what happens when you have a designer building out content, right? The the focus that gets put in on that, the the um, ability to connect in a in um, and communicate differently than like, here's some stuff to spew it out there, right? For, for clickbait, right? The, everything that we're in right now when it comes to content creation and just brand evangelism, I think starts with meaningful content that embraces the champions of a product and helps companies really, you know, it does the work for them, right? It, I mean, marketing is, there's definitely a place for marketing, but when you combine marketing with meaningful content, like the Envision blog, for example, which is a, a huge, I mean, platform right now for where designers are going to, to to learn about the industry, a lot of that content on there is built and written by, um, you know, content creators or, you know, small, small, um, you know, independent folks like yourself, uh, me, and, and, and so many others. I mean, it's it's very meaningful. It's very in the moment and authentic. Totally. Uh, what do you think is what us as smaller individuals can get out of such collaboration? When you write for you know large distribution channels like 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 Envision and and others. Um, you know, you're really exposing yourself to to obviously a wider wider audience, which you know I think at first is can be a scary thing, right? Um, so I think for folks who are you know just getting into self-publishing their content or building an audience around themselves, it's the it's the best way to to validate you know where you're at. I think. Um, it's scary, right, to put yourself out there, but I think the best thing you can do is kind of jump in the lake and start swimming, right? I think you'll find out real quickly that most the, most of us who are, you know, trying to engage with good content or are also the same people, they're very similar to yourself, right, trying to find good content. So it's not, it may sound intimidating, but the reality is, 
you know, we gain the ability to test our content in a, in a kind of a wider lake. Um, but also, if the connection is made, right, the audience align, which I think is the key thing, um, your audience has to be the same. Um, you can really generate a lot of um, brand equity um, from it because they're obviously seen as an expert. You kind of now become seen as the expert that's helping them um, further um, their awareness as well. Definitely. I'd love to share my own, a bit of my own experience because yeah. um, I had a deal or collaboration mm-hmm. with Envision um, and it was not last year, but two, around two years ago. And I considered myself quite all right in terms of promotion then already, but it was such a tremendous kick to the entire career. So what we did is I wrote a book that was distributed for free. Uh, it was later turned out in a free course and published like that, that fall. It was an amazing kick because uh, there is no way an individual can leverage and, and just build such a humongous audience as uh, Envisionist, for example, or any other platform. And uh, also, it's pretty awesome because there are different kind of content publishers. And for example, there can be poorly... I wouldn't say non-profit, but purely media companies like Smashing Magazine and so on and so forth. But there's companies like Envision who can leverage a little bit of financial wealth to produce that content. And that's just like a huge magnifier to everything. Yeah, 100%. And that's the thing that makes makes it really special is like, I mean, I know a lot of the inner workings of, of Envision, obviously, but I mean... For us to build out the the ecosystem, the channels, the people that helps that content that you're creating for Envision or that you did create for Envision to reach as far as it needs to go, it's it's I don't want to say it's nearly impossible or it's impossible, but it's 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 a lot of work, time, and money, right? So to kind of jump into their network, um, you get to leverage all the people around that, um, you know, in that broader exposure. Um, like you said, it can train, it can transform your entire your entire business, um, and you really are just creating the content. And if you can create content that is still meaningful for each channel, but also um, you know can be reused, um, that's probably a whole another topic around kind of creating content that's um, you know scalable. Um, you know your work and your your kind of efforts are pretty minimal. Um, you know, in some ways, for what you're going to gain. Yes, because when people start publishing their content, they think that, well, publishing is hard work, producing it, but it's probably, it doesn't go anywhere without promotion and without yourself, you know, just just exposing it in places. And that's exactly what a big brand can do for you. Yep, exactly. I mean, I've I've done work with Skillshare and it was the same thing. I did a course with them and, you know, through Envision and it's the same type of thing. I mean, the, the eyes that they were able to put on that course, um, you know, could, wouldn't have been done if I just fired up my own little Skillshare account and, you know, put my own private course on there. It would have just, it just takes so much more work. Um, so definitely, um, it's always good to connect when you can to those meaningful brands. And uh, one more little note. I think for every person out there, there is a thing that can move the needle in their business, kind of transfer them from where they are to where they can be with their potential. And uh, I think... Like leveraging that is exactly a good example. For me, that probably was a needle at some point, definitely. Mm -hmm. Some random appearance at a conference or something like that mm, does not produce the same effect as a long-term asset 
published yep. constantly on a big platform. So yep. there are different yeah. kinds of things. Yeah, and, and not to kind of keep too far on this one track, but, you know, one thing that I learned too is you have to measure it, you know, like I think, I think as designers, like we, and I'm speaking pretty general in that term, but, you know, we, we know that you have to measure and there's got to be an ROI, but I think by nature, we, we kind of don't like to get into the data of the data of a lot of stuff, but I think you have to measure these channels, right? And then once you know what that, that one thing is, or that a few of those things are that like, like you just mentioned, Jane, that kind of can do that for you, that one seeded thing, um, you, I think you just do more of it, right? Do the same thing. You know, like if, if you're finding success, you know, publishing content or courses out on other these channels, like do more of it, you know, double that, double down on that, right? Because, because if it's working, there, there's a reason it's working. Um, and then, you know, run that as long as you can, you know, and then start to kind of figure out, okay, what's that next thing? Because you'd be surprised how, how quick we are to kind of remove something from our, our channels or um, because we didn't, you know, we didn't feel like, oh, we did it once and we saw success. Now we're going to move on and do something else. Maybe we'll see success and we neglect the thing that was actually working for us. My next question is relevant to that. I know Envision team and yourself, you guys are measuring stuff like a lot as opposed yeah. to normal people. So you probably have a pretty amazing understanding of what content really works, what content is that people desire. And I know myself that might be a secret or, you know, but uh, whatever you can disclose in the topic, please do <laughs> your understanding <Yeah>. of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we do measure a ton of stuff and it's not just in the content we push, like everything is measurable at this point in our company. Right. Um, because it has to be, um, the beauty of something as, as big as Envision and, and by all means, we're not, we're, we're big, but we're not, you know, <laughs> in enormous yet. Right. Uh, we're growing crazy, but, um, so the nice thing about it though, is we have a lot of room to work and test around, you know, whether it's messaging into the enterprise companies, AB testing, how we, how we do, you know, reach out, um, cold reach out, you know, that stuff we can, we can measure pretty quickly on um, with the si types of signups we get every day. Um, so it is nice, right? Because you, you can test stuff. Um, you know, when it comes to, I think, the content that works for us, um, you know, I, I think it's very similar, similar to this type of content you're already seeing out there in terms of how can I do my job better, right? It's the same stuff people are writing. It's just distributed and, and packaged in a different format. And then we've been able to, I think... Um, you know, because we have a wider, wider set of resources, we've been able to use that content in different ways, right? Whether it's creating a, a documentary like Design Disruptors that, you know, anybody can create and do interviews in that setting, but we've been able to package it into a documentary. We've been able to package things into reports that are, are, are great for us. We've been able to take certain things and make good design resources out of them like UI kits and guides and stuff like that. So it's the same content, honestly, um, that I think is resonating. Um, but when you put it all together and how it combines and ties back to our core product of helping companies, um, you know, measure, um, or I'm sorry, helping companies launch better products faster, you know, through improved workflows, it, it, it means a little bit different, you know, when you have the product to kind of support what's happening on the content side. Yep. So, yeah. uh, my takeaway all, all over the years was that, um, you know, we are all pretty uh, detailed and down to earth when it comes to work. But whenever an 
unexperienced writer starts to sit down and produce uh, a blog post, for example, they end up with some, you know, vague general advice. Well, that's exactly what's not needed. <laughs> the more down-to-earth, you know, examples, case studies, uh, steps, meaty stuff, that's what people like, and that's what makes it useful. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. takes like fifty percent more work to produce, I should say, or two hundred fifty. Well that's the thing. None of it none of this is easy, right? Like and I think that's what that's why you see companies wanting to embrace people that may already be, be doing it because um, it's, it takes a lot of work to, to fire up kind of a channel like this, right? Um, and build it and then and then ultimately deliver it and create it in a way that's that that resonates and there's authenticity around it, right? I'll take you back to kind of like when the transformation we had with, you know, when you're on Twitter as a business, you use your avatar, right? You use your logo or, you know, to like moving from like the world of using your logo to kind of represent everything to, well, what happens if you start putting your face on things, right? Like there's a connection that happens when you start to get intimate with with your readers and, and your audience. And I think that's what... At the end of the day, like Envision's already had a lot of that baked into what we've done um, from day one when you get the email from Clark that says, I'm Clark from Envision. But in a lot of companies, they try to emulate that, and it's hard because you can tell they're outsourcing the content into some certain channels that honestly, um, you know, it feels watered down. It feels like they're paying people to create content for them, and, and there's no connection, you know, to, to the core message that you're trying to deliver. And I think that's the key is... It's not easy, like you said. It takes a lot of work to, to, con- to connect the dots, but when you can do it, then you can start to get into your tribal networks and, and your brand starts to, you know, really what you're op- to ultimately trying to get to, and that's kind of a lot of the things we try to do, definitely at least on the enterprise side, is provide content and um, education into these companies so our champions can do the work for us. That's right. So... Yeah, so if we abstract, um, so if we try to simplify the recipe and apply it to to other different industries, the recipe would be a find interested individual craftsmen who have their own uh, needs for exposure and try to leverage that and build exciting professional content instead of trying to just find people who will write it for you for money. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And and that audience is usually typically the people that are using your product, right, are already wrapped around what you're already providing, right? Most of the people that we're engaging with, like myself, right, and a lot of people within the company, they've, they've already used the product, right? They already know the value. It doesn't ha- that part doesn't have to be taught, right? Um, so when they write mm-hmm. content or they're working with us on stuff, um, they, already, they already know what we're trying to accomplish. It's just a matter of, um, you know, working with them to make sure the messaging is aligned, so... Very similar to probably what your experience probably was like. Yep. Uh, you mentioned Design Disruptors, which is an amazing uh, documentary about designers, which, to my regret, I haven't watched yet. Could you just give us, like, 30-second overview what it was and maybe some backst- backstage details that we don't know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll try to give some stuff. So there's a lot we're still doing on that, so I have to be careful as to what, we, what we're sharing. But the, the reality is, like... You know, everybody wants to know, like, how big companies, like, how companies are innovating and being disruptive, right? Um, we know we have things like, there's companies like, obviously, Uber, um, and so many other companies who are 
disrupting kind of their spaces. Um, so what Envision did, we've seen a lot of success with um, with our interviews that we do with companies. We've been doing those, I think, for for many years. So when I talked about like finding that thing and doubling down on it, right? We used to do and we still do just basic interviews and kind of spotlights for companies. Well, we decided what would happen if you kind of make that into something bigger, right? And we really start to teach, you know, other companies how how to be disruptive and how to put design at the center of your organization to accomplish business business needs, right? Like, um, and that's kind of what we've, what, what kind of spun us into, I think, uh, building out design disruptors um, is, you know, putting this kind of idea of disruptive companies who are creating design, doing really big things with design, embracing it. Um, what happens if you can share that knowledge and the importance of it to to everybody, not just the design community who who may already know about that, but the companies who primarily are struggling with becoming disruptive, right? Like that's the that's our kind of focus is how do we help the other companies become you know disruptive? So um, yeah, so we're, a lot of stuff we did there. We had we had a lot of private showings, um, really great. Um, Great feedback, um, and now we're just we're making changes, iterating on it, and hopefully we'll be able to get it out to to a new wave of of audiences um, and various other channels to to come soon on that. So more to come soon, I should say. Great, great. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a brief overview, mm, just publicly available information, so no secrets, or maybe some secrets? Uh, what is the structure of content marketing uh, or content production? at Envision, like you have a huge blog, for example, how does that uh, spread out to different, um, you know, maybe article series? Um, how does that relate to your social media accounts? Anything like that? Uh, yeah. So that yeah. people can try to build their own little content empire just in a smaller scale. Yeah. So I, I, I have some insight there. I mean, obviously, Claire and some of the folks who um, who are on our, our, our marketing team primarily, um, They'd have obviously more insight, um, but I've been in the company long enough to kind of know how things have formed to a certain degree. Um, you know, really, we we started first and foremost with like let's build the content, whatever that is, right? Um, and then you kind of worry about the distribution part, kind of second, right? Like our blog, we've had the blog for a while, but the big part of last year was really just getting content there, you know, and content people liked and. Um, you know, just maybe towards the end of last, well, maybe mid of la- middle of last year, we really started to kind of double in on like, okay, what do we have there? Let's resurface certain things. Um, so yeah, I mean, it obviously starts with getting the content built. Um, and that could be through, you know, we do webinars, we do, um, you know, courses like you are a part of, we do, you know, blog, inter- uh, content, uh, just general posts, you know, interviews in, in general, um, with companies. So there's a lot of different content types that come into that blog and then we work to distributing them out versus various mediums because the reality is not everybody consumes the content the same way right so some people are more engaged with something like what you're doing like a webinar other people would rather read you know so we we are trying to be very in tune with that um, and ensure that we're meeting people in the right places Um, and that does mean you know um kind of our team that's responsible for the blog, the weekly digest, um, the social components. Um, so it's really, I would say the best thing you can do is not necessarily try to create what we've created as much as it is like zero in on your audience. Try to figure out what it is that 
they how they like to consume content and start to think about kind of how can you meet them where they're at. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a very wise advice. advice. Yeah, it's doing good, doing, mm-hmm. doing good for us. Um, fantastic. Uh, let's imagine that among our listeners, there are people who would like to get started and uh, start collaborating with a bigger brand. Mm-hmm. How would they... Would it be appropriate for them to approach them with some content suggestions or stuff like that? You think it works? Yeah, so, you know, the thing the thing about content right now is everybody wants good content, right? I mean, that's just what's... So, you know, if you have good content, um, definitely engage them. Um, you know, there are channels that um, company has set up for it. Um, you know, obviously, if you know somebody within a company that can help um, connect those dots for you. But yeah, I wouldn't be shy about it, for sure, because, you know... Guest blogging, um, I think all of kind of working with these companies, it's definitely, you know, as we talked about here already, it's it's a great win on both sides. You, you do have to be careful, I think, of working through ownership of that content, how much, you know, you're spend, spending on creating content for other platforms and not, you know, managing your own platform. Um, but I think ultimately, you if you can do enough of it and you find that, okay, I've done enough, you know, and you can kind of rest on it for a little while and then come back to it, um, I think is good. But yeah, definitely, yeah, my advice would be to know who you're trying to write for, build the content that you know will resonate, um, very much kind of like if you were to approach, approach approach the press about an idea you have, right? It's, it is a strategic approach, but um, if you can check off the boxes, make sure that it aligns with their audience and can be delivered, Um in a format that they already are using, and there's not a lot of work that they have to do, um, they're more than happy to share it. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing your wisdom today. That was fantastic. And I can't imagine a single argument why you know such collaboration wouldn't be beneficial, especially if you're just starting out or are in the middle of your you know creative path to success at being a celebrity or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Dennis, where people can find you online? Yeah, so you can find me. Prim- the easiest place to get to me is just going to IamDennisField.com. Um, off of that, you can get to, you know, the pipe.io, which is the self-publishing component. You can get to my Clarity, you know, account where, you know, I do a lot of uh, just one-to-one coaching. Um, so if you are trying to figure out how to use content in your organization or how to, connect with your audience to, to embrace your brand that we can have discussions like that. So, um, yeah, you can get to pretty much everything from, from that main, main URL. So. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was amazing to have you on episode 50, two years and a half yeah. after episode one. <laughs> crazy. crazy. Yeah. Would, um, good luck with all your new projects hope to see your new book someday soon ish yeah yeah, yeah, soon should be real soon i'll I'll be sure to share it with you for sure yes and thank you one more time have a wonderful day you too jane thanks